Good morning, and I was told this was going to be a hard Sunday to follow or to preach because of Josh's powerful message last week. And I don't think that's going to be true because Josh is unknowingly tied right into where I was going. Um, he spoke of a big broad range, and I'm going to take one point of his, and I'm going to blow it up a little bit bigger um, for you guys. So this morning, I'm going to start with a passage. It's uh, Genesis 28. 16 and 17 says then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it and he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of God and this the gate of heaven see last week Josh talked about go and tell he was right near the end of his service he said go and tell um, one of his main points of last week was talking about the redemption of the world. That's exactly where I want to focus on today, is the go and tell and the redemption of the world. See, this morning I have a question for you. I don't want anybody to answer currently. I want you to think about it through the morning, throughout the day, and through the week. And maybe even Josh later could even put it up on the site. Somebody could, could answer it, but that's not what I'm asking for. question is simply this. Are you missing God? Now, y'all have already heard that before, said from the pulpit, said from pastors and preachers, online, whatever, but I'm telling you or asking you in a little different way this morning. Usually when that question is asked, it is, are you saved or are you not saved? Are you a believer in Christ and a follower of Christ or not? That's not what I'm asking this morning. Yes, the question still applies in that context. But this morning, I want to ask, are you missing God as a believer? Are we missing works? Are we missing people that God has put before us for one reason or another? Now, before I even go any farther, I'm actually going to go ahead and go to the pictures this morning, the first set of pictures I have. Um, And I hope some of the pictures will shock you, as weird as that may sound. Um, and probably for a different reason than you mainly hear in a Sunday sermon. But I hope they give you a little bit of shock um, that they're being shown. Um, so if we can go ahead to that first picture, Josh. First picture. So I think everybody can kind of tell what this picture is. Um, pretty simple, pretty, pretty, you know, didn't really need any words. It's a church, right? Um it's actually a really big church because the picture is taken from a balcony, so we don't have one of those. So it's obviously a pretty big church, right? The building's pretty pretty big. Um, it even has those old drop-down lights that I didn't like that were in here. So they have all drop-down lights even. So, But it's a church. You can tell it's got stained glass. It's got kind of a, a typical setup. Um, to me, that picture actually looks like it would be a Catholic church during, to the setup, but I may be wrong. Either way, you can tell that's a church. Let's see the next picture. These are going to roll kind of quick, somewhat quick. Now this one, I think is pretty obvious as well. I would hope you, most people would understand and see what that is. This one is of a prison. It's concrete, all gray, but it's in grayscale that most prisons are actually kind of gray and bland looking if you've seen, ever seen the inside of a prison, um, whether it be from ministry or, as my wife likes to do, watch shows about them. So, um, But it's very uniform. It's the iron bars. It's... Pretty, you know, standard. It's a prison. It's the next one. Now, this one's a little odd. 
Uh, you might be able to tell what that is. Most people probably can tell what that would be as well. That's a bar. That's kind of a weird picture to show on a Sunday morning, right? Let's go to the next one. Let's get a little stranger. Now, this one may not stick out to some people. This one is a very odd picture to be showing in part of a sermon. I know, right? Shame on me. But this picture is of a strip club. <gasps> yes. So, I have a point. Don't beat me or crucify me yet. There is a point to this. Now, what? Now, here's a really weird question. What do all of these have in common? Every single thing. People. That's a really good answer. That's not what I was doing. That is a really good answer. People. That exactly goes to my point. But all of these have God within them. How does a strip club and a bar and a church and a prison all have God in them? Because of the answer that I heard from over here is there's people. Now, I'm not saying, don't, disclaimer, I'm not saying that all the things that happen in the last two pictures are right, just, and not sinful. There are bad places. They are typically known as dens of sin. Um, so I am not justifying any of those actions, but I am saying God is in those places. There are major ministries, major ministries that are nationwide ministries. Uh, actually, the two that I'm going to talk about this morning are actually international. They are not only in the United States, but they are in Europe and in Canada as well. Two ministries go to the sex industry workers in specific. One of them, some of you may have heard of, is called Triple X Church. When they first announced and launched the ministry, it was a horrible backlash that they got because they had some very interesting promotion to their billboards and to their ministry. But this church focused on the industry of pornography. Um, and they had billboards that had pornography and church in weird sentences to catch your eye and weird imagery to catch your eye talking about pornography and church. Now they, um, very interestingly enough, have been very instrumental in ministry. I'll give you a few stats on that, that ministry in itself. Triple X Church, uh, just for some background, was the first church to go into pornography conventions. So when I think California I think has one every year, I think somewhere. But they when these things come about, they have booths just like you would go to a homeschool convention or nerd conventions that me and my wife go to where it's comic books and movies. Same the same thing as if it's for the community that deals with pornography. So your actors, your directors, your producers the addicts, people that watch. These people go into these conventions and minister. They don't stand outside with megaphones. They don't stand outside with signs. They don't do any of that. That's great. That's cool. So those ministries work. They actually get a booth inside. They were the first ones to do that. When they first started that, they were alone in that ministry. So let's go into the, um, I think Josh has them on the slide, some of these statistics, uh, some of these numbers really, that I've got from them. Triple um, X Church hands out 5,000 Bibles at every outreach that they attend. At every one. So, I say, well, that's not a lot if you think about the conventions 
being slammed full of thousands and tens of thousands of people, that's not really a lot. Let me put it in perspective, though, because at every event they do, they hand out 5,000 Bibles. But how many events do they do a year? Their average number is between four and six events a year. So they do these outreaches. So say that they only do four events in a year. So math people can figure that up. That's what, 20,000 Bibles? I mean, I'm not great at math, so you can definitely correct me. I, don't, I won't feel bad. You won't hurt my feelings. So you're talking about 20,000 Bibles, 20,000 binded page prepared Word of God handed to people that are in the community one way or another dealing with pornography, a sex industry. 20,000 Bibles are handed out. The Word of God is handed to them. Now, they have a sister uh, ministry, so to speak, um, that they started just a few years back. And they call it Strip Church. This is, see, this is where that last picture comes into play. This is a ministry focused on the women that are put into sex industries. They focus on not only handing out Bibles and, um, and, and kind of your, your typical ministry, they are also working at the relationships with these women. So they're not only doing Bibles and handing out those things just like Triple X Church does, but see, they have 200 ministry partners in over 500 cities. See, they work in the workers and strip clubs around the nation here, Europe, and Canada. See, there's, they're international. So it doesn't just focus on the United States. These people are branching out. They, they pursue the relationships and invite them to attend Bible studies. So they're not only going to the people and telling them, hey, they're saying, hey, we want you to come and be with us and fellowship with us as well. We want to bring you into our fold. We, we love you. We care for you. But we really want you to understand that God loves you. See, these ministries go to places that most people look at with disdain and distaste and for the right reasons. Those are places I don't want to be. I don't want to be caught you know, in a strip club for any reason. I think my wife would kill me, literally, if I was to ever be there. I think Stan, Jay, and Josh would kill me if I was ever caught there and for the right reasons. But there is a reason that ministry is being done there. There's people there. There's people there. And if there are people there, there are souls that God cares about there. So my question of, are you missing God, can start to form itself. I'm saying, are we missing what God has for us or where God may be because of something we don't like. Now, you may not be equipped to go into those things. I get that. I do. doesn't mean that we won't miss God in those things. See, we cannot afford to overlook souls that matter to God. I don't care where they are and the places they may be. In a world that we live in today, we cannot afford to overlook souls that God came to this earth out of all the praise and glory He had and the throne room He sat in, came here beaten, destroyed, slandered, everything you can think of, and then crucified to death 
physically die to death just as me or you can for the souls that are in these places. Just the same that we are souls that were cared about that he bled and died for. So my question is, are we missing God? Now, I give extreme examples, I know, but we we have to act out that in in every way. We have to take that to a conclusion in our daily life as well. You know, I usually take a, a statement and blow it up to its logical conclusion and the farthest it'll go. Um, which by the way, for anybody that follows politics, it's really fun when you get into those arguments um with some people or debates with those people. Um that's not an argument, it's a debate. So but but what I'm doing now is we're gonna take that big statement, very generalized statement, let's let's pull it in. So if we can't overlook those people and those souls that God cares about, then we have to go out still. Okay, so well, Cody, I'm 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 sorry, I'm I i do not care what you say, I am not going to a bar. I'm not going to walk into a strip club, and I'm, I'm not doing ministry there. It's not going to happen. Okay, I'm okay with that. There's people doing it. But where are you doing your ministry at? Where is that ministry at? So we have this thing called the Great Commandment, Matthew 28. Um, the verses leave me, but it's Matthew 28, um, where we're called to go out to make disciples of all nations. Um, you, you hear it said, we're, we're called to the ends of the earth. To every corner of the earth, um, we are called to go out and spread the gospel. It doesn't say, and I'm going to make this really clear too, it doesn't say, hey, get them to come to the gospel. It says, no, you go out with the gospel. Okay? So, ministry happens anytime and anywhere. It could be the guy sitting at a bar that's on his last hope that used to go to church, but something tragic happened, now doesn't believe in God or is angry with God, sitting trying to forget when somebody sits next to him in a, for lack of better wording, worst situation. So he starts to unload and just talk to anybody that will listen. But now the guy that's down in his hope that used to believe in God, go figure, he becomes a minister. Or he probably very possibly could. Because he says, wow, this guy's really messed up. And I have this hope, even though it's, I'm pushing it down and I'm really mad. But some of those people come back and say, hey, I know something that helped help you a whole lot. I know somebody that will help you a whole lot. Ministry happens with unlikely people in unlikely places. We are called to go to the four corners of the earth, not just the end of the driveway. We've done the walk across the room stuff here, and I love that. You walk across the room and you talk to somebody and you say, Hey, I never would have talked to you before, but do you know Jesus? You know? Um, it's the uh, speaker at Wintertime that I've referenced several times um, with youth, especially uh, when he first got saved at a big convention or a big uh, thing, kind of like Wintertime. His first thing he did when he left there is went and hid behind a Burger King uh, sign where they take the drive through sign. A lady comes up and starts to order a Whopper, and he screams out from behind it, Lady, you don't need a Whopper. You need Jesus. That's what we're called to do. Okay, as funny as that is, but that's what we're called to do. I know somebody that can help you to go out. So, now I'm going to get really weird with you guys for a minute, okay? I'm going to really wig out the camera, but I've already warned them. So, um, if 
I'm standing here talking. I'm asking you to come to the gospel, right? We can kind of make that mental image. If I'm standing here talking about the gospel, I'm asking you to come into the gospel, right? Come to me. But what if, here's where it gets weird. What if I say, I will come out here and I'm going to talk and tell the gospel to you where you are. If I come out here and sit down next to Brother Al, I won't sit on your glasses, and say, hey, you know you know about Jesus. It's a little more personal. It is. If I come out here and, <laughs> and tell the gospel, I take it out. It's a little more visible to see the gospel. You can hear it. Your whole life. We live in the Bible Belt, and I had this discussion with a coworker recently. We live in the Bible Belt and very spoiled because most everybody knows, quote unquote, knows God because we live in the Bible Belt. So they've heard the gospel, they've heard about God. Now, in this conversation, we admitted, each of us said, You'd be surprised how many people in the South still have not heard the gospel. Though. But it's a lot more common to run into somebody and you talk, start talking and they say, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I know, I know. I believe God, me and God are good while they're getting completely drunk and cussing and doing all kind of crazy things. They're constantly doing that lifestyle. But yeah, them and God are good. I've heard that numerous times. I'm like, I, I think you something mixed up there. My shirt must be hitting this thing, so move this box here. Um, so I think I hear that, and I just kind of, inside of me, not openly, I say I kind of laugh because I'm like, I think you have a disconnect there somewhere with what you think you and God being good on are. Because the God that I know, you're good on the wrath side because from what I see, now we don't know the heart, from what I see, there's a lot of sin, and God has one thing for sin. He loves us and wants to redeem us. Jesus came for that purpose. But until we have that relationship, you don't have the coverage of the blood, correct? Can we agree on that? Okay. So, now I freaked everybody out a little bit. As I said, ministry happens anywhere, anytime, and in unexpected places. But now I also have a question of who is supposed to be doing this? Okay, we've heard it, and we'll say, and we'll get Sunday school answers, I'm sure. If I were to ask for responses of everybody, Sandy even said it this morning, and I love it because it, it actually worked right into it. It says, we're all missionaries at Northside. We're missionaries to Mobile. Yes, we are. I 100% would agree with that. But who is doing ministry? Who is the ministers in the world? So, yeah, so, okay. I'll flip to my next picture, please, sir, Josh. Out of these two people, which one of them is the minister? I can actually respond. What, left or the right? Which one is the minister in this picture? Anybody? Both are. Congratulations. That's a really good answer. See? Good job, Stan. We, we have taught our people well. So, you're dead on. We're dead on. Both people. But see, some people, and myself in first instance for a lot of things even, you look at the guy that's on the left there, and you're like, there's no way that man is doing the work of God. There's no way with that, that mascara on his face, you know. Right, sorry. Misspoke, right, that guy over there. Um, 
bad, bad hands there. Um, left, right, okay. So, but the guy on the right there, there's no way that he's doing the work of God. He's got mascara on his face. His hair is all weird. He's got a beard. I mean, you can't do ministry with a beard, right? So, there's just, there's just no way. Well, we all recognize the guy on the left, right? Francis Chan, right? So, I know there's a couple of the younger people um, and people that follow some crazy uh, things that happen amongst people's life, life. But the guy on the right, most of you probably don't know, he is a guitarist um, for uh, a band called Korn. Um, really weird name. I don't get it. But um, are you sure it's a battery, not me hitting it all the time? Oh. Okay. So I guess I need to...